it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, the voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, joins us to preview OUK State. In the National College Football Roundup, we preview some of the best games in Week 5, including Ole Miss, Alabama, and Cincinnati, Notre Dame. We wet the beak with Sunday's matchup between the Arizona Cardinals and the L.A. Rams, and we finish up by giving you our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right? Our man Michael Hostie will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Thursday, September 30th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is voted is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Fridays in October, from 6 p.m. to midnight, you can win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play in Riverwind's $80,000 Monster Mansion of Money promotion. Look at the alliteration. There. Love, Love it. it. Drawings are every 30 minutes. If you need help finding your way, just visit riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, still the one. Now, recording this Wednesday night, please leave us a five star review and a nice comment. And we've got a five star guest, the voice of the K State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. Ted. Good guy. Um, unfortunately, Wyatt, along with everything else, K-State reminds me of 2003, and I'm not over it yet. Maybe at some point, but not yet. No, you'll 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 take that uh you'll take that L to your deathbed, and that's right. it's just it's how we are. He's how a great are. guy, though. They're so nice up there, but I you know I'm just looking forward to the 15 minute highlight reel of the 2003 game that they play. I don't know if that's like a every single game thing that they play that, or just when OU's in town, but brutal yeah yeah uh you're and why the the listeners will hear it you're going to be very triggered on saturday (laughs) it sounds like so uh, yeah yeah 
It's okay. I'm sorry, man. And, and now uh, we usually we we keep this thing very lighthearted. We like to have a lot of fun, but I I do feel the need to start here. Um, the Followills, who are good friends of mine, lost their mother this week, uh, mm. Betty Ann, and. I just, she always treated me so well. I mean, so very well. And every time I came around them, their family, whether it was at a show or something, you know, at one of their houses, she was incredibly kind to me and just unnecessarily kind. She, she didn't have to be as kind as she was in it. And I feel like she had that effect effect on a lot of people and lost her this week. So just, Please send, you know, kind of whatever you believe in, right? If it's positive energy, prayers, vibes, whatever the hell you believe in, please send it the follow wheels way because uh, it's rough. Been a rough week. Yeah, it's tough. Tough. I hate that. Um, too much of that going on right now, man. Too much. I know. I know. Brutal. It is. Uh, it's unfortunate. And now an easy transition to OU football. <laughs> Okay, you you were back in the saddle with Lincoln Riley Tuesday night. Ted, anything stand out about what Lincoln said? Well, he a bit on he's, edge. He's, he's a bit on yeah, edge, but which I he's like. he's very convincing. Whenever he says that they're close, that they're right there, and you know I. I got to take him at his word on some of that, that they're seeing the right things in, in practice, whenever they're going through their game plan, when they're preparing, you know, I, I, there's some things that you just look at and say, well, those things should not be happening. But you know, if, if those things are, are not happening in practice and you just, you just played a bad football game, that's one thing. And that's kind of what he's making it sound like. He's making it sound like they're really close. Um, I have a tendency to believe him on some things, but you know, there's other things that, you know, whenever you see it, it's just like, well, you know, some of these things would say otherwise, but, um, I like his mentality. I, I like that. He's, he's not defeated. He's showing the football team that listen, we've had a bunch of really good football teams around here that started slow. And he's gone back and he's shown them some of those instances. So uh, I do feel like the players may be going through a confidence crisis right now at a bunch of different spots, quarterback, offensive line, maybe running back, maybe wide receiver, maybe every position group. So I think that Lincoln is out there in front saying that this group is not terrible. This group is not a million miles away from being good. We're right there on the verge. And I think part of that is that he does actually believe it. But I think the other part of it is he's also trying to convince his team to continue to put in the proper work because you're right there. It's not a lost cause. Yeah, no, I, I, I like I like the attitude he, he's brought this week. And his players see those statements like, you know, they do, they're all over social media and they see that. And I think it's important that Lincoln is presenting that message publicly 
so the players can consume it. Cause you, you know, he's, he's telling them that, but also getting it out there. It, it is important that he's, he's shown that he still believes in, in, in the guys and some of the stuff he has said about the offensive line, I disagree with, right? I, I, I think that is, that's clear at this point. I have, I expressed my displeasure with the way that they played against West Virginia. Tiger got out of the cage a little bit, just a little bit. Sorry for the language. If anyone got offended by that, actually, I'm not sorry. I'm just pretending to apologize. I, I'm not <laughs> sorry. Get over it. But just the, the mental mistakes are unacceptable. The lack of effort is unacceptable, but there's still hope for that group. I, I don't want to make it sound like that. They'll never get there. That's not how I feel. And there it's so funny. Like the difference between being perceived as bad and being perceived as good as an offensive line, it's really not like the difference is small. It yeah. really is. Like if they can if and that's they another can, thing Lincoln has said, and he said almost that exact statement right there. Well, he's a smart guy. I mean, smart guy. <laughs> clearly. Right. But so so I think Lincoln Riley and Bill Beanboat are an interesting spot when it comes to the offensive line. Because with what we've seen so far. I feel like they got two options moving forward. Ted, number one, play Robert Conchal at center. He's not as talented as Andrew Rame, but he's no he knows what he's doing, and he can get the guys going to the right people. But it really doesn't seem like that's much of an option. It, it's pretty clear to me they've decided they want to play Andrew Rame. So that leads me to option two which is kind of what I think they will do. And I don't have any inside information on this, but when, when your guys, especially your center, are struggling with the mental component of things, if he's got too much on his plate, you reduce the menu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
and it's not ideal, right? You, you want to have everything at your disposal if you're Lincoln Riley, but with what we've seen so far, it, it's clear that it may be a little too much for the offensive line group right now that they're putting on the field. So you, you give them less to digest. And I'm, really, uh, I'm realizing now that all my offensive line verbiage some for some reason revolves around food uh, digest menu i don't know that it's just it's just how i approach it but you you give them less and so don't go into it with a full buffet of options not a full buffet of i see what you did there very good very good but you you allow them to to focus on a handful of concepts in the run game and a handful of concepts in pass protection. And you say, guys, let's get great at these. It's very much an air raid mentality, but for your run game and your pass protection game. Basically saying, okay, we, we maybe have given you too much. Let's dial it back a little bit. Let's give you you know, six, seven run concepts, six, seven protection concepts, and let's rep them so much that you guys know exactly what you're doing against every possible defensive look they can throw at us. It's not what you want, especially when you're in week five. But I think that strategy, I think dwindling it down a little bit, could really help because I, I still don't think the, the number one issue with this offense line group is not physical in my mind. Like I think when the guys know what they're doing, they can be a pretty good group. Now, are they an elite group? No, I don't think they are, but they can be really good. If they're all on the same page, if they're all confident, in what they're doing because I, I I think a lot of the mistakes come from some hesitation. And when you're hesitating, Ted, you, I mean, you know, this as well as anybody, when you're hesitating, you cannot play fast. And that is a big problem along the offensive line. So if I'm Lincoln, I eliminate the confusion. I let them play fast without hesitation. And Personally, and you know how I feel about the run game in football, I would run a bunch of zone because that's that's pretty had much the, most the simplest concept. Against uh, West Virginia, they got in the split back stuff and started running the outside outside they zone. Ran zone lead. They ran zone sly split zone, and it was their most successful stuff. Like when I watch this group, right when when you talk about some of the good lines they've had in the past with the gap scheme stuff. They had bullies along the line of scrimmage. And I'm just going to call it how I see it. They ain't got those guys this year. Well, let me ask you this, because you said um, you think maybe playing Conjol instead of Rain. How do you think Conjol stacks up? Against old Timmy Horn, six foot five plus three hundred and thirty pounds. Is that gonna be is that an issue physically for Conjol? I don't think so. I think 
physically, I mean, Conjol is more mature, several years older than Rain. Like he's stronger. Yeah. Right. I mean, the guy looks like a beer keg when you look mm-hmm. at him. So, but once again, we've talked about Rain's ceiling as a player, and, and you're going to have to roll roll through some of the hard times with him yeah. to get him to the level you need to get him. Cause he, he is a more talented guy, but man, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, but it, it's clear they're going with rain as far as I can tell. So he, he better be ready to roll, man. I mean, I guess that leads us straight into our little scouting report. We've added now to the podcast, and I, I guess we can start with Kansas State's defense. It is, it's now a three-man front. Rush three, drop eight. That's what they do. They have, they have gone full Iowa State. They play the three safety look, and this defensive scheme, just like Iowa State's, and they don't run it as well as Iowa State. Not even close. Uh, I mean, it's it, it's very new there in Manhattan, but. This defensive scheme really relies on the guys in the back end tackling well, right? That is, that is it. And they did not tackle well against Oklahoma State in that first half at all. And that's why Oklahoma State scored 31 points. But a couple guys that stand out, Jerome McPherson, free safety. He is a good player and had the game of his life. One of the best games I've ever seen a safety play in person against OU and Norman last year, Ted. I mean, that dude was flying around. He was. He was a missile. He was blowing people up, hat on the football, uh, you know, making plays over the middle. What, he had He had an interception, a cause fumble, uh, a couple of big hits, big plays. He's a stud, man. He, he really is. I like the way that he plays, and I'm sure he's going to have some confidence rolling into this one. No doubt. They got some size at corner. They've got the Iowa transfer, Julius Brents. He's 6'4", 205, just yep. a casual 6'4", 205 corner. I mean, he he, he looks it's, the part. It's really a, a, a much bigger defense than you're really used to from Kansas State. You know, Kansas State has usually been a little smaller across the defensive line, quick at defensive end. Every now and then they'll have a guy that's that's special, but usually a – Kind of a speed-based team, but that defensive line is pretty big all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, number 91, Felix and Udike Yuzuma. Woo, nice. He is he is a solid player. He's starting to produce a little more, a little raw, but long arms, big guy, strong guy. So he's definitely someone OU's offensive line is going to have to account for. I like the Eli Huggins kid at defensive tackle. Uh, you mentioned Timmy Horn. Big man wearing number 98. And then, Teddy, you'll love the middle linebacker, Daniel Green. Oh, yeah. He has been ejected for targeting, not once, but twice this year. So he, 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 likes, he likes putting a lick on, uh, on guys. Now he just needs to work on keeping the old crown of the helmet up. Got to be smart, man. You're not, you can't be a good linebacker whenever you're watching the game from the sideline. So – just watching this defense and it, it's it sounds easy when it comes to how to attack them they've got these big bodies along the defensive line right and these dudes are strong i don't know if people realize how cold it gets in manhattan 
during the winter and the spring. But all these dudes do, and I've talked to guys that have played at K-State, all they do is lift and eat in the winter, <laughs> which is why their defense alignment are strong as hell. I mean, strong. Now, they're not that athletic, but they are strong. And when you play guys like that along the defensive line, especially in this three-man front, you want them to have to move. You want them to move laterally. Like running gap scheme stuff where they can just hunker down and take on double teams. Like you are playing straight into their hands and the way that they want to play. So I think the way you attack them, and it's probably because zone running schemes are my obsession in football, but I imagine you'll see Oklahoma run some more zone. I mean, because Lincoln Riley is aware of the personnel they've got along the offensive line. He is also aware of the strengths of K-State's defensive line. And when you really evaluate those two, two things, everything says, hey, run a bunch of zone. Run a bunch of zone. Make these strong, heavy dudes along the defensive line move laterally and then make their secondary tackle OU's running backs in space. Uh, I mean, that's, that's what I'm seeing. Now, I'm not calling the plays on Saturday, but that's how I would attack this defensive front in the run game. I'd run a bunch of zone and make a move. Yeah. The gap stuff, I think, also bells out the backers. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, whenever you got a three-man front, and depending on how you line it up in a given day, those guards a lot of times have that free run up to the, the second level on those backers. It's tough to deal with. Um, you know, and you get up there, mess with them, cut, uh, just get in their way, slow them down, get the defense on different levels to where you got cutbacks and stuff for the for the running backs. Makes it way more difficult. If the one thing I worry about, and you've talked about this, is so much of their play action game is built off of like the dummy puller that some, yeah, all, yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's so much of it that's built off of that that I wonder if, uh, if you abandon that part of the run game, uh, you don't have as nearly as much of play action to go to. But, I mean, there's going to be a mix. They're not just going to go all zone, even though you'd like it. I, I mean, there's going to be a mix. But I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they attack them. I, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping the mix is like 70-30, 80-20. That would, that would be nice, but as far as the pass game, and right, we're, we're all hoping that Oklahoma can have some explosive plays. That is what the offense has been lacking for sure. Good news, people. I think OU could throw some shots down the field against this team. I mean, they play a ton of cover three, different variations of it with their three safeties, and I'm telling you, these guys go – deeper than any other cover three look you've ever seen in your entire life. But 
they do get a little greedy. They are big, especially at corner. They are big at looking at where the quarterback's eyes are looking, especially on the backside of cover three. They'll divide some things. I think if Spencer Rattler can be good with his eyes, and I know this is in, in the weeds a little bit, but he can manipulate the hell out of the middle third player. I mean, I've seen it time and time again in their games. They are locked in on where the quarterback is looking initially in his reads. If he can move some guys with his eyes, they can hit some big balls down the seams. And I do mean big, like whether it's play action or drop back. I do think the key is Spencer or Spencer Rattler understanding where to look and how to move guys with where he looks and then delivering the football down the field. I think I, I will be really surprised if they're not able to hit some shots in this game. Well, one of Spencer Rattler's biggest problems so far. I almost called him Spencer Sanders. That would have been bad. Yeah. I called him Spencer Riley earlier today. That was an interesting one. But one of his biggest problems so far this season has been poor eyes. He's staring it down. And a lot of that comes from he's not he doesn't trust the offensive line. So if protection is not good early, if there's some mess-ups, if they're not calling it outright, if they're leaving guys go, if the backs aren't tied in properly in protection, and Kansas State gets to him a couple of times early, I think he's going to be right back in that happy feet zone where he flees a good pocket, tries to get outside, because that's it's easy to trust yourself outside, right? You can get out to some space, and then you can start getting your eyes back downfield. But when you're in the pocket and you don't trust your offensive line, it's hard to do good things with your eyes and affect the safeties. So that's going to be critical, to protect him early to where he trusts to sit in there looking safeties off and going backside on him. Uh, you know, that's to me, that's going to be critical. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, offensively for Kansas State, very experienced offensive line. Now they can do a lot offensively. And now they can get into two tight ends. They play with a fullback. They do, they've shown some three back formation stuff, uh, kind of some of the stuff that we used to run at OU when I was there. And they have an extensive run game inside zone, outside zone, counter to the strong side and the open side, power, strong side, open side, duo. Pin pull schemes, strong side, open side, QB run game off a lot of that. Like mm -hmm. they can throw everything. And it's because they have experienced O linemen that know those concepts inside and out. And I do think their center, while he's not a great player, he is a smart guy that gets all those guys going to the right spots. There's a lot of run game coming at OU, especially if Will Howard's the quarterback. Like there is almost an unbelievable amount of run game coming OU's defense way on Saturday. Yeah, it's wild, and they'll do some interesting blocking schemes up front. Did you see the one uh, – typically on when you run counter, the you leave the end guy on the line of scrimmage go, and the first puller has that guy. But they base block it, run it inside – 
and they it's almost like a counter wham. Did you see that? It's a it's I've never seen it blocked that way before. It got blown up, but it's still interesting. It's like I see what you're doing here. They try weird ways to outgap you on the inside, and all it takes is one person not to know exactly where they fit, not to know the rules of their defense to fit a play that you haven't practiced, and they crease you. And once they crease you, they go back to it and start figuring out different ways to recreate that look. Um, They'll give you unbalanced. They'll give you X off. um, They'll give you end over. There's a bunch of different things that they're going to do, and they're going to probe around with a bunch of different things and find something that you aren't set up for. The last time we went up there, 2019, we did not have a good day fit in the run. Kenneth Murray had a bad day. It was a long day at the office where, you know, they ran tons of gap scheme stuff, and we were not dialed in. Last year, we were excellent against the run, like 26 Rushes for like 50 yards or something like that is what Kansas State had. Did a really good job. Didn't do good uh, in some of the passing game stuff, but we were way better against the run. I I think as good as our defensive line is, we should have a lot of success, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to find a weird formation or a way to block something that's going to crease you. Yeah, and uh, they got elusive backs. Deuce Vaughn, everyone knows Deuce Vaughn, and then – Joe Irvin, who we did not see last season, he opted out. He's a good little player. He's a nice little change of pace back for him. You got Phillip Brooks wearing 88 in the slot, does a lot of nice things. And then Malik Knowles has returned to form and not only a wide receiver, but he is he is dangerous in the return game. So I don't think this offense is nearly as dangerous without Skylar Thompson. And I do think their offensive line will struggle with OU's quickness along the defensive line. But this is still, this is a lot for OU's defense to prepare for. They are going to see a ton in the run game. Yeah, and they're going to make our backers get out of their comfort zone and and cover. Um, Backers and safeties, they will run swings on swings on swings on swings to the running backs trying to get them in space to where someone's got to make a one-on-one tackle and Deuce Vaughn is about as good as they come at making your pay at that. So going to have to be a really good tackling day. It's a disciplined day. If, if we play disciplined football, trust our rules, tackle as a group, use your leverage, know where your help is. Whenever you're trying to vice tackle, you should be totally fine. Easier said than done, but I think this could be a day where our defense has an excellent performance, especially if Skylar Thompson doesn't play. If he doesn't play, totally different offense. Yep. Hope you're right. Okay, let's get to call your shot. Ask you guys for your boldest prediction for OUK State. Our man Carson Cunningham. Look, little TV star chiming in. He says Sooners rush for 200 yards and attaches the Gary Payton. Mm gift to it 200 rushing yards for the Sooners in this one huh didn't go particularly well against West Virginia Mm -hmm. now schematically different defense right I know West Virginia was a three-man front but they do do some different things in Kansas State I'm not gonna believe it till I see it man 
Same. I'm going to believe it till I see it. Very Maybe if they few, run more zone. Yeah. We've had very few 200-yard rushing games over the last two years. This is not a one-week or two-week or three-week trend running the football. This trend goes back all the way through last season. Um, we had a couple of breakout games where we hit on some things, but it's I'm, – I'm not going there until I – there's no reason to just pick it just because, you know, I, we've got to see them start to block people, start to move guys off the football, start to have the attitude. Um, you know, our backs need to start making some guys miss. It's on them as well. It's not all just offensive line. You know, there's a lot that needs to happen before I pick OU to go out there and rush for 200 yards. Yeah. Okay. This one comes from Matthew Jefferson on Twitter. He says, simple. OU finally puts together a complete game, 55-17, before running the horns out of Dallas next weekend. I like I like where Matthew's head's at, but once yeah. again, going to need to see it, right? With what we've seen from this offense so far, well, maybe a 55-piece, that could involve a couple defensive touchdowns, maybe a special teams touchdown, something like that. Uh no way I'm predicting that. Oklahoma Can't, State just put up basically 500 yards of offense and scored on defense and put up 31. I, I just I don't I don't see an explosive offensive day. I just don't. Could be wrong. Could totally be wrong. I'm just not seeing it. Kansas State is going to try to make this game a game where it's four yards at a time. They're yep. going to run it and run it again. Then they're going to hand off a jet sweep. They do more jet sweeps than any team I've ever seen in my entire life, whether they hand it or they fake it. There's just, there's jet sweeps everywhere, Ted. Yeah. But they, they, they even do one where they, it's like a, it's one of the touch passes, but they somehow create like a split zone touch pass to a wide receiver. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Pretty interesting. Yeah, but they're going to try to shorten this football game. I don't think OU will have the ball enough to get to 55. Yeah. So No, I I'm 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 totally with you. I I I just I don't see it. They are they're typically pretty good at making it an ugly game, but maybe maybe some scoring breaks out. I mean, I, I think there's a possibility of that. I just I can't pick it right now. One of the problems is everyone that watches OU play is looking at like, dang, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Keep everything in front of you. Make them snap it, you know, 15 times to go down and score. Make everything stay underneath. Stay big zone on, on top. Force them to run the ball that you can defend the run with two high safeties having a light box. Like, the problem is the formulas out there. So they're not going to come and all of a sudden start zero blitzing nonstop to try and beat Oklahoma and start giving up, you know, 70 yard bombs. There's no reason to. Yep. All right. Let's get to our interview with Wyatt Thompson, the voice of the Kansas State Wildcats. But first, 
the only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Love's has over 560 locations in 41 states, offering 24 access to clean and safe places. And Love's has given us a $25 game day gift card to give away each week. This is all you have to do to be entered to win this week's gift card. Tweet a picture of you stopping at a Love's on your way to the OU game this weekend or OSU game. We'll, we'll accept either. And make sure you tag the podcast Twitter account and Love's Twitter account. We'll contact you if you are the winner. Pretty simple. Whatever your road trip needs are, Love's has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and drinks, including my favorite, Java Amore. The coffee is fantastic. Love's also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone, so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Love's Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Love's Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see the red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Love's Travel Stops. For a full list of what Love's has to offer, visit loves.com and make sure you bank at First Fidelity Bank. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service finance institution based in Oklahoma, tailored solution for your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more, they do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank also provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. All right, here he is, the voice of the K-State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. It is our pleasure to be joined by a man that is in his 20th season as the voice of Kansas State Wildcats football. Wyatt Thompson is in the house. What is going on, man? How are you guys? It's so good to be with you. Uh, I'm doing great. I really am. I'm, uh, I'm excited for the start that this team is off to, despite what happened last week in Stillwater. Uh, it's always fun, you know, getting together with Oklahoma. And we've got Hall of Fame weekend this weekend. And guys like Jordy Nelson and David Allen and Darren Sproles, three of our all-time best, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, great. I can't wait to see Darren Sproles again. <laughs> I, every time we go up there to Manhattan, it's, you know, having played in that 2003 game, it's yeah. just salt in the wounds, man. Brutal. Yeah, I, and I get that. I, I do. I, I, I look back on it now, and I think about how lucky I was to be a part of it because you remember this, Oklahoma's team, going into the game, they talked about it being maybe the best college football team ever assembled. And what I, I just think it was such a great thing for Coach Snyder because he came he came so close in 98 and the fumble in the A&M Big 12 championship game in St. Louis. And to beat a team like that, to, to win that that first title was something special. It, I know I know it's salt in your wounds, but but for all K-Staters, I think they'll be talking about that one a hundred years from now. I really do. Shut up, Gabe. I could see you laughing. I, Shut up. It, just as long as we don't talk about 2012, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> you guys got it. You got a little of that. Each of you, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Little, yeah. little bit, little bit. Still went three and one. Just saying what, but oh, okay. I mean, let's get to it, man. Okay. Skylar Thompson, Skylar Thompson. What's the latest. I, I know that Chris said that, it was very unlikely that he plays in this football game. 
I'm not quite sure I fully believe Coach Kleiman on that, but what's the latest on the star quarterback for the Wildcats, or is it going to be the combo of Will Howard and Jaron Lewis in this one? So, you know what? I don't have the 100% accurate answer that you're probably looking for. And I'm sure you would surmise that. Okay, writing it (laughs) down now. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? Here's the thing. And, And I'm just being honest about this. At his Tuesday press conference, he closed the door a long way, but didn't totally shut it. So I understand why you kind of see it the way you do. On top of that, you know this. You guys both know this. He was in Stillwater. He threw some passes, you know, in pregame. I think he's made a lot of progress. I'm just really thrilled for the kids still being out there and having a chance. And I just think when and it when it first happened, we all thought, oh boy, boy this is going to be the the second time in two years with a season-ending injury. And fortunately, it's not that. And so I am see these crossing the fingers. The chances are a lot better. They may not be great anyway, but they're a lot better if old number seven's out there. And you guys know that for sure. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, I would go as far as saying that there may not be a chance without him out there. The team, it's two different teams, two totally different teams. Sure. And that, and here's the thing for me is like Skylar Thompson. I think he's been a great college quarterback. He's been fantastic watching him all along there at Kansas state. I don't think he's an NFL guy. I think this is his last year playing college football. He's able to warm up. He's able to do some things. You've taken a loss. Oklahoma's coming to town. I won the last two games against Oklahoma. This is it. Like Whether you're 100% or 70% or 40%, if you go out there, you go out there. I mean, this, this this is why you're doing it. You should be an attorney. Are you not an attorney? Are you? You should be an attorney. That's a pretty good argument there, buddy. You might be able to do that uh, in, a, in a courtroom. I, I agree with all of that. I, I can't argue with that in any way, shape or form. I, you know what? Coaches say it. Players say it. This is a pretty short game at, at the end of the day. And you don't want to give up opportunities if, if they present themselves. Right. And I say that to say this, if he is capable of playing, he's going to be in there Saturday. I'm not telling you he's going to be. I'm just telling you how he thinks. If I can do it, I'm in there. Yeah, I've I've had the pleasure of talking to Skyler quite a few times now, and the kid's a competitor. So I'm yeah, not going to be shocked. Why well, I'm not going to be shocked <laughs> if we see yeah. number seven out there on Saturday. But if we don't, how is Will Howard looking? It has been just from afar watching the games. Seems like it's been a struggle for Will, uh, especially when it comes to getting something going in the passing game. Clearly, things didn't go the way they wanted them to go in Stillwater, but is this offense still capable of doing some damage this weekend with Will Howard at quarterback? I think yes is the short answer. It capable, but but it's also doing it consistently. Um, I think Will has made great strides from last year in terms of learning the offense. What happened to him last year was pretty unfair, and you guys are obvious to that. You you know how hard it would be to to be in the spring, and it gets canceled because of COVID. Come the summer, it gets canceled because of COVID. I mean, he had no chance, and then three games in, as a freshman, he's playing. 
but he's reshaped his body. He's worked really hard. He's a bright kid. You'd really like him if you could talk to him. He knows a lot of football and he's made progress. But I think if you're, if you're ever after COVID going to go onto the road for the first time in a hostile environment um, against a veteran defense, my, one of my last choices would have been Oklahoma State. <laughs> and, and, and then on top of that, he got dinged up in the game. And I, I think he's a better football player than we've seen. And yet the reality is Oklahoma State, then Oklahoma, off week in Iowa State. I don't know that there's a team in the league that starts any tougher than that. It's, hey, you know it's football. There's no excuses out there. But I would like one other game in there that, to maybe break that up a little bit. But, hey, I'm, that's above my pay grade, right? Um, but he, it, it is let's, – let's, let's cut to the chase. It, K-State's chances are a lot better if Skyler plays just based on the 36 games in which he's played as opposed to, you know, what Will's done. And that's – reality's reality. How do you feel about the offensive line? I feel like um, it seems like a solid group. I did think they were going to run, even without Skyler out there, I did think they were going to run the football a little bit better against Oklahoma State, knowing that Oklahoma State's uh, got a really good veteran defense, but um, they're going to have to play well against Oklahoma. And Absolutely, Teddy. If they're going to be able to play the game that it's going to take to beat Oklahoma, usually – they're going to have to be able to run the ball and possess it. Uh, totally correct. And I think up until last Saturday, people in these parts, Wildcat fans everywhere, were really excited. They rushed for 200 yards against Stanford. They rushed for 200 yards against Southern Illinois. They rushed for almost 270 yards against a pretty veteran Nevada defense. So there was no reason to think that you couldn't go in there and run some. Maybe not 200 yards, but also not 62 either. And Coach Kleiman talked at his press conference Tuesday about the blocking was just ordinary. And against Nevada, it was extraordinary because they not only blocked them, but they stayed through those blocks. And if they don't do that this weekend, I think they'll struggle again, to be honest. I, I, it, I like the group. I don't know that they're playing as, as well as I thought they did two weeks ago and three and four weeks ago. But that will be a, certainly a thing to watch, especially if, if it is Will and Jaron uh, at the controls offensively. Looking, lo- looking at the weapons for whoever plays quarterback, clearly everyone in their dog knows about Deuce Vaughn at this point <laughs> in time. I mean, he's, he's such a fun player to watch. I mean, he is a dynamic play waiting to happen. Wyatt. But also, Joe Irvin. I, I mean, now you look at this combo of running backs for the Wildcats. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's a dangerous duo. They're not the biggest guys. They, right. they don't look the best in their jerseys, but, man, they, they produce. Well, Deuce is an extraordinary talent from so many levels from my perspective, and I think he's proven with some blocking help that he can even run inside the tackles. I think we saw that in the Nevada game. But, I mean, he was taken completely out of the game the other night against Oklahoma State in Stillwater because of, the way they play, their physicality, their toughness, whatever you want to say, the, the issues that K-State had in blocking them, the quarterback issues and all of that. <clears throat> and with all of that said, he still made a play where it's a four or five yard pass where he had fallen down. He's actually sitting on his fanny, gets up, catches the ball and goes 55 yards. He, he is a special talent that way. It's, it's, it's insane to, to go back and, and watch it. 
And I appreciate what you say about Joe Irvin because, you know, as you know, he opted out a year ago after getting a little snippet or two um, in 19, and he plays and runs hard. I, I think that's the thing that's given him an opportunity. Those guys, have, they're going to have to do something. Um, it, it's a real challenge against Oklahoma because if you really study numbers, they're not they've done a really good job against the rush. They put pressure on the quarterbacks. I just got through a little while ago watching the Nebraska game and it seemed like they had 15 sacks in the last five minutes of the game. <laughs> you know, it, it, they, they can get there. And it, so it's problematic. No question about it. Well, I, and the, the run of the football is going to be critical, but you know, if, if you can't, you still have to figure out a way to get Deuce Vaughn the football. Yeah. And you yeah. mentioned, getting him out of the backfield. He killed us last year out of the backfield. I imagine that's going to be a focus for Oklahoma, but it's still got to be a big thing for Kansas State to try and attempt, no matter who's at the helm quarterback-wise. Is that something that you see with them, trying to maybe do some things that we haven't even seen yet with him, uh, force him to football, maybe line him up and empty and throw some tunnel screens or just give him the football a couple of different ways and see if we can tackle him? I'm in total agreement with all of that. I think in this scenario, you have to do everything humanly possible to get him 20 to 25 touches. You just really, your chances are minimized if you don't. Um, and the tunnel screen, I think, is something that he will flourish at because he has terrific hands. Um, and, and I think, you know, to be honest, even in just the straight up run blocking, if, if it's decent, you know, it gives him a chance because he's so quick. He's so hard to see. And if you don't have a good angle, you're going to have a hard time getting him to the ground. So that's one of the real factors, no doubt about that. Uh, I And at the end of the day, I think K-State's got to play really good defense to win this game too. Not too many people are talking about that, and I know we will, but, but that's going to be paramount. Yeah, the defense, now that it's, I mean, it's your 20th year. Yeah. How weird is it to see them in the three-man front all the time? I mean, I, I, I've I, turned it on, Wyatt, and every time I feel like i got to do a double take. I mean, it's the weirdest thing in the world my entire life, whether it was as a fan, as a kid, as a player in college, after yep. college. Now, like, K-State's always been a four-man front, always. Right. And now they have embraced the Iowa State method, right? Rush three, drop eight a lot of the time, a lot of deep zone coverage. It's it's interesting. It, is it effective so far through your eyes? I think it has been, generally speaking, yes. And, and I think it has been because of the depth in the defensive front. Because we basically, for the first time in a while, uh, really have guys there that can rotate through. I, I don't know that we have necessarily... Uh, a second Khalid Duke, but I do think as an example, when he went down, that injury Trump, was, that was oh, BS. It was terrible. Guy, guy rolled yeah. up on him. I saw, I, I watched yeah. his Nevada game. That's for such a difference maker for that defense to get hurt in that yeah. way. That's, I can't imagine coach Kleiman's very pleased with how that. No, I, I'm down. sure not. And it, it was a monster blow because he was our most disruptive player uh, defensively. And with all due respect to Daniel Green or John McPherson, whoever else you want to say, he just was that. I think they really, really are appreciative of, of Bronson Massey, who came back for a super senior season. 
Are you guys used to saying that now? Yeah. And then also Nate Matlack, I think, is going to be a really good player. He's just a redshirt sophomore. He's got some explosion to him. He's gotten stronger. He's still not where they want him to be yet, but he's going to be a really good player. But uh, the point is, is that they do have better depth, and that's given them a chance. One thing that's probably been overlooked is is the, the uh, Charlotte transfer tackle, uh, Timmy Horn. He is a we, – we, in the years that I've been here, K-State hasn't had very many guys that look like that in terms of his, his body, his size. He's got some mass to him, and um, he's, he's done a pretty good job, pretty good football player. Has Kleiman talked much about like, kind of where that originated and why he made the choice to, to go that direction after you know, what they've done for so long? I think there's a lot of theories out there about it, but, but I would tell you, I think it, it comes down to this. I think when they, they realized they were going to get Timmy Horn um, and because of personnel everywhere else, it was kind of the thing to do. Last year, K-State struggled, as you know, at times against teams that got you spread out. I think they are better at linebacker, certainly with Daniel Green now, but they still don't have the depth there that they need. And the transfer portal helped K-State a lot in terms of the secondary. We've got a, a starting free safety from the transfer portal, a starting corner, and probably against Oklahoma, a starting nickel and Reggie Stubblefield. That's pretty significant. So I think it was personnel-driven and strength-driven more than anything else. Will they stay with it long-term? I think it's here for this year, certainly. Uh, going forward, at least for a little while, maybe. I don't know that it's if it's going to look like that three to five years from now, though. I just, I just have a, no feel for that yet. So you mentioned Stubfield possibly being back. They've had a couple guys banged up yep. on the defensive side. Has Chris Kleiman given any sort of indication of what guys may be available in this game because they need everybody, right? I, they I mean, do. they yes. they need everybody. In right now, I mean, they have several starters that are questionable for this one. Yeah, I mean, you, <clears throat> excuse me, guys. Um, going back to the Oklahoma State game, that was a tough one on on a lot of levels, but it was also a, a very physical game. Uh, I think just off the top of my head. Echo Boydo, a corner, got dinged up a little bit. T.J. Smith, a little bit. Reggie Stubblefield was hurt in the in the ball game prior against Nevada. So you're starting to. We talked about depth, but it's funny how that can evaporate pretty quickly over a couple of weeks stretch. I think most of those guys will be available. Um, I, I haven't gotten the sense yet. Uh, although I think it could happen in maybe one case, we'll see that that maybe they just won't be ready to go this weekend against OU, and everything is significant in this in this week's game. That's pretty pretty bluntly obvious. <laughs> you mentioned linebacker, uh, you know, moving to a three man front, it, it could be difficult. You know, a lot of teams still kind of play it as a four four man front, but uh, you'll also play some true three man stuff and. It can be way more difficult. You can have guards up to the next level way easier that you've got to you've got to battle with in the run. Uh, you're asked to do quite a bit more in the pass. If you're going to play some big zone stuff, you have to be really good zone players. What have you seen from that group adapting to that new scheme? I really think there's a lot of it's a great question, by the way, and I, I think there are several angles you could go about it. But I think I'll give you the example of Julius Brents. You know, we recently 
if you follow Kansas State football, you would have a hard time finding a corner in this program that has his size and athleticism and coverability, uh, whether it's in man or whether it is in zone. But he, I think he is a, a really good zone cover guy. You know, I mentioned Echo Boydo a moment ago, <laughs> not trying to be funny in any way, but going into our game in Norman last year, most people didn't even know who he was. And because of COVID, he was thrust into action in the game and actually held his own and, and did a pretty good job. So I think there has been progress made there. I hope I'm answering your question because I do think, you know, at the end of the day, they've done it again. The OSU game kind of put a damper on some of this stuff, but I, I do think overall they are covering better. I think what was lacking a little bit in the OSU game that was very prevalent in the beginning, the team like it, 11 hats to the ball, baby, and, and playing with some fire and some passion. I think that was a little bit uh, lacking on Saturday, but give OSU credit. First play from scrimmage, they have a little swing pass out of the backfield to Jalen Warren. He goes 52 yards, and all of a sudden you're on your heels a little bit. And, and that was kind of the start of a, a pretty tough deal. That K-State adjusted. They were better in the second half, but by that time it's 31-13, and you know th- this is not the world's best play from behind team. That's obvious. A guy that has stood out to me, Wyatt, is T.J. Smith, kind of in that third safety yep. role. Uh, once again, another guy that's been a little banged up. Is he? Do you know if he's going to be ready to roll in this one? And if not, like, do they have a guy that they feel good about filling in that void if he can't go? Because he's not very big, but, man, he, he makes some plays now. Yeah, very perceptive on your part, Gabe, because he is a guy that likes to get to the line of scrimmage and he will put a lick on you. He can run. He's athletic. He, again, maybe not the biggest guy in the world, but you could tell last year this was a guy who had a chance to really help K-State this year. I, I do, just being honest about this, I think he's one of those guys that there's a big question mark uh, this weekend on, on not not maybe as much as Will he play, but how close to 100% can he be? I, I think that's – a lot of times you, you see guys out there toughing it out and what have you, whether it's Oklahoma, K-State, whoever it might be. That happens all the time in the game. You guys know that as well as anybody. And so I think we're going to have some of that uh, in this game. And I, I just like his toughness, and I, I think he'll if he's capable, he's going to be out there because he, he loves the game and he's a big hitter. How's McPherson been? Um, last year, he had an unbelievable game against OU. <laughs> Loved he watching. Really, he played yeah. great. He was smacking people. He was all over the field. And I remember leading up to that game, Gabe and I were talking about him. And then, and then like pregame during the game, it's like, this kid is something special. And I honestly, I thought that in last year, kind of, it was what it, it just, kind of fell apart for you guys and I understand that but I was I was thinking that this year he was going to burst back onto the scene and be one of those talked about safeties in this conference I I think he's been solid I don't know in all honesty if he is playing to the level that you're describing and and I agree with you a thousand percent the game that he played in Oklahoma I don't think K-State walks out of there with a win that day had he not played anywhere to capable to that level he, he was awesome he is a, a really really fine athlete and I think up and above and beyond that he's been around here a long time and has probably as much knowledge about coach Kleiman's defense as anybody uh, around 
And so you, you hope in these big kind of games that, uh, you know, he's very prevalent because he's, he's, he can be special. I think you saw that a year ago. Wyatt, you're the man. Can't, <laughs> can't wait to visit you in Manhattan this weekend, man. What, what are you going to, are you going to have stuff ready for me and Teddy when we get into our booth, like some, some snacks, sure some that treats. freezer is plugged in with the Choco tacos. I usually <laughs> average somewhere between eight and 10 Choco tacos when I'm up there. Do you really? You're oh, a man yeah. to admit that. Yeah. I, I, it starts to get awkward. I go back to the freezer <laughs> yeah. so many times. It, it's really funny because that's, they kind of police it now because it's become so popular. People sneak up there to grab three or four and shove them in their pocket and walk out. So now here's the thing. I'm, yeah. I don't go all at one time. I wait right. it out. I have a couple early and I just go yep. back and check on to see what the inventory's looking like. <laughs> but by the end of the night, you better believe I'm getting it in. But, but number one is the Choco Taco. Oh yeah. By no a mile. doubt about it. Yeah. By a mile. It's not. You want to take close. a guess at what stands is? His is the Snickers. Ooh, I'm telling you, it's it's two pregame, at least one at halftime, maybe two. He hits it pretty hard too. Those, I hope he doesn't mind me those, telling that. Those ice cream Snickers have like a thousand calories in them. Yeah, too. they're oh, amazing yeah. though. I'm not saying I don't partake because I do, <laughs> but I need that like I need kicked in the head. Uh, so I I try really hard to stay away, boys. I I really do. I try hard. Well, why? We'll see you Saturday, man. And looking forward to it. Hey, have a Choco Taco waiting on us. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, fellas. Choco Taco's waiting on us when we get there, right? Uh, it's the best road trip of the year. Can't wait. Love what? He's fantastic. The hospitality nice at K State is great. I hate it. It feels weird. It's, you know, I want someone to be mean whenever we're up there. I want to be angry whenever we play. Not don't don't treat us that nicely. Doesn't work that way. Stupid Manhattan. Do what OU does and and have the worst press box in history, where it's <laughs> everything's uncomfortable. There's no food or drinks anywhere to be seen. They check your uh, your pass like you're going into a, checking into in and out of a prison. It's wild. <laughs> Luckily, I just get to be on the field and don't have to deal with that. <laughs> Oh, that was good. All right. Do you own a business? If you do, you need it. God, that was so good. <laughs> like you're going in and out of a prison. Oh, okay. We must have had like a massive like rash of people roaming around in the press box when they weren't supposed to be there. They check you in and out when you go. They scan your deal. And whenever you go get food, they write your name down. Like, because God forbid someone get back in line and grab another cookie. Hey. <laughs> that's probably best we don't talk about that anymore all right do you own a business if you do you need insurance in your life insurance is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout oklahoma texas and the southwest insurance is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers they compare and contrast covering offerings coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A. 
Dot-com. And guys, it is still warm outside, and you know what that means. It is hard seltzer season, baby. And there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Sonic Hard Seltzer from Coupe Works. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it by the pool, at the lake, and at the tailgate. You can buy 12 packs of the iconic Sonic drive-in flavors like cherry limeade and ocean water, or you can grab a citrus variety pack or a tropical variety pack. Find it at your local grocery store, convenience store, and liquor store, Sonic Hard Seltzer. National College Football Roundup, Ted. Number 21, Baylor. At number 19, Oklahoma State. Two 4-0 football teams going at it. Spencer Sanders coming off possibly the best performance we've ever seen from him. And they got some pieces back on the offensive line. And that zone running scheme with Jalen Warren, man, it's, it's looking solid. I mean, Tay Martin and Brendan Presley are making big plays out of wide receiver. It will it will be interesting to see how the Baylor defense holds up. Uh, they've done some good things this year. They haven't been dominant by any means, but Terrell Bernard, Terrell Bernard, your man, mm-hmm. went down last week. Beast. So that is that is a big void for them to fill. I like what I've seen from Baylor's offense. I like what I've seen from Gary Bohannon so far at quarterback for the Bears. Their zone running scheme with Ebner and Smith has been very efficient. They are one of the best rushing teams. Now, their first three games, they didn't play anyone. So right. that's that you got to factor that in. But they've been a fo- efficient running the football. And I just feel, and I always get this feeling. I don't know why, but I just feel like this Oklahoma State defense is going to make enough plays to win, right? That's just kind of what they do. I like what I'm seeing from Baylor, but it's in Stillwater. As long as they don't kick the ball to Treston Ebner, I I think the Cowboys are going to be good. It's such a weird game to pick because I, I, I like both defenses. I like Oklahoma State's a little bit more, but I like both defenses. It's really about whose offense do you like more. And uh, Bo Hannon's done some good things. They're running the football well. He's smart. He's efficient. He'll also give you a little bit in the run game himself. Uh, Oklahoma State has been total crap offensively this season until – Last week against K-State, they broke out. The running game's been solid. They've shown some good things in the running game, but it's been pretty stagnant. Now, all of a sudden, they've, they've broken out a little bit, and Spencer Sanders has a good game. It's been three years between good games for him. So do I believe that it's going to be another three years before he plays a good game? Was this a mirage? Was this a just stumbled upon it? Or is it something that he can actually replicate? I don't know. Whose offense do you trust more? Bohannon, really unproven, solid day against Iowa State, but that's you we've really got one game to go off of from both of these teams. And who do you trust more? Uh, I don't know, man. I Everything tells me to pick Baylor, but admittedly, everything in here is massively biased against Oklahoma State, so I don't know how to weigh that. You know what I'm saying? So 
Uh, it's tough. I I guess I'll give Oklahoma State the edge since they're playing at home, but I it would not shock me at all if Baylor went in there and not just beat them but did it handily. Does it does it change your feeling about this game at all, knowing that they will be honoring the 2011 Big 12 championship Oklahoma State team? Just a reminder, the one Big 12 championship they have in the history of the program. What do you think about that? You know, because I know when you've only guys, won one, you yeah. definitely should celebrate it on its 10 year anniversary. You, you Could you imagine? A five, Bob. You should celebrate it on intervals of five years, not 10, if it's your only one. Could you imagine the reaction if someone called you, like if Joe Castiglione called you and was like, hey, we're going to celebrate one of the Big 12 championships. You'd be like, what? That's It'd weird. Be funny because you could celebrate. If we did a 10-year celebration, you'd have a celebration nearly every year. Be cool. I, I suppose that's the difference in the programs. Right. I'm just kidding. I, I will say they're honoring our boy Whedon. I'm excited for him. I'm interested in that because a lot of guys from the 2011 team are not happy with what's happened there after that. Like that was supposed to be, that was it. This is changing Oklahoma State football. This is going to be, this is where it all turns around. And that didn't really happen. I can, I can make fun of them for honoring a Big 12 championship team while also acknowledging that they whooped our ass that year. Yeah. It was bad. I went to Did that not game. go well in Stillwater for the Sooners in that one. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's move on. That's <laughs> enough. That's enough of that. Number eight, Arkansas at number two, Georgia. Arkansas has been the best story in college football so far. But this one, it, it kind of feels like a statement game for the Georgia Bulldogs. And I know Arkansas is coming off that big win over A&M, but Sounds like K.J. Jefferson, a little banged up. Will he be able to add to the Arkansas running game that has been so effective? Dude, I just don't think they'll be able to run it against that Georgia defensive line. I mean, those are some bad dudes along the defensive front for the dogs. Maybe they can hit them on some bombs to Traylon Burks. I really like him, but... I am excited to see Barry Odom's defense against JT Daniels in that Georgia offense. And a couple notes. Does sound like Georgia is getting a few guys back for this one. Tyke Smith, Huge. the West Virginia transfer, who is a damn good player. Sounds like he'll be back. And then Darnell Washington, who is supposed to be a stud tied in, will be back for the dogs. I just... I think Sam Pittman's magic runs out in this one, man. It's in Athens. Give me the dogs. Yeah, it probably does. But, you know, I don't have a whole lot to go on. Like, if you're if you're taking Arkansas, it's really – it's a momentum play. It's – it's you're saying that the, there's there's some serious belief in this team. And I'm telling you, man, I've witnessed it before firsthand that whenever – 
people all of a sudden start feeling something special is happening, you get way more buy-in. You have more guys watching extra film. You have more guys staying after after practice. You have guys deciding that we need to we need to get extra conditioning in. Like whenever something special's happen, everyone buys in. And I it just has that feeling with Arkansas right now. Is it going to be enough? Probably not, considering that they're they they've got some nagging injury stuff going in while Georgia's starting to get healthy themselves. But I will say this. I do think that Georgia is a little overhyped right now. Offensively? Yeah. Listen, I do think that Arkansas's defense is going to, I don't know what the definition of containing Georgia's offense, but Mm -hmm. I don't think Georgia's going to score 50 or anything like that in this game. I don't think that's going to happen. No, I, I I do think that that Georgia offensively is overhyped, but in effect of that, I think the whole team is overhyped. It's being it's being like passed around out there like it's Alabama one A and Georgia one B. I, I I think Georgia has flaws. I think they're good. I think they're great defensively, but offensively, I think they have flaws and. They are not above a couple of turnovers, a miscellaneous touchdown on a blocked kick or a return away from losing a football game to Arkansas in their own place. I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a, a ten point game at most. And I will say I've I've lost a little more of Arkansas this week. Trey Williams, defensive end for them, wearing fifty five. If anyone's going to make a game changing play, I think it's that guy. Really like the front man. They run to the ball. It's a good group. Now you got me thinking. Like I will say this. Spread spread as of now, 18 and a half. A straight up disrespectful, man. It is. It is. I'm I'm telling you, it's it's a not on top of everything else, it's a weird year in college football, man. It is a weird year. And Arkansas is the team that has a gajillion super seniors. Like, they're old and experienced. So, I'm just hoping it's entertaining. I think Georgia wins. If I had to pick someone against the spread, I'd take Arkansas. I could see them keeping it uh, pretty, pretty, pretty close. But I feel like this game... You have been waiting for this game for a long time because I'm not sure you root for anyone other than Oklahoma, of course. I'm not sure you root for anyone more than you root for Cincinnati. (laughs) Number seven, Cincinnati at number nine, Notre Dame. Simple question for you. Who do you think the better team is? Cincinnati. I, I think you're right. I agree, and sometimes we, we try to break a game down from every angle, right? I think sometimes football is simple. Who's got the better quarterback and who's got the better defense? And while Kyle Hamilton is an awesome player for Notre Dame and their defensive line played really well, played better than I thought they would last week against Wisconsin, Cincinnati's definitely got the better quarterback. 
Desmond Ritter mm-hmm. is a dynamic player and not just as a runner. He, he spreads it around to a bunch of guys. He's more accurate than people realize. He can rip it. And we don't really even know who Notre Dame's quarterback is going to be in this game, right? Will Jack Cohn be ready to go? Will Tyler Buckner be back for this one? Is it going to be third string Drew Pine? I think that's his name. I'm sorry if I didn't get your name right, Drew. But I guess the the, the only thing that has me hesitant on really going all in on the Cincinnati stuff, Ted, is the fact that Marcus Freeman is now the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. He is going to know everything that is going to mess Desmond Ritter up because he did it for, what, three or four years. So that makes me a little hesitant, but you would assume these staffs are going to be very familiar with what the other team is going to want to do. But I do think Cincinnati is going to have some success running the football with Jerome Ford. I think their offensive line is solid. Notre Dame with all of its O-line issues, I'm not sure it's going to have a ton of success against Cincinnati's defense. Like, my Jay Sanders is a dude, man. He looks the part. So, it just feels like this is Cincinnati's Super Bowl, right? And I think they're going to win. I won't be shocked if they lose. But for college football, I hope Cincinnati gets it done. It'd be awesome. I agree. Be fun. Just like I said on the last matchup, it's a weird year, okay? And even though it's not weird to say that the better team is going to win the football game, we've seen some of these non-Power 5 teams that are really good have a moment like this where they're going against a a Power 5 team that's got a, a low number next to their name, and you feel like they're the better team, and they go out there and they absolutely choke. They make way too much of the game. They try and do things that they don't need to do, and they choke. Cincinnati feels like they are prepared for this. They've been waiting for this moment. And I got to tell you, I, if you're a fan of college football, root for Cincinnati here. I Already, already this season, there's so many more fan bases engaged with what's going on than there typically is. It's made the year so cool. And we're four games in. We're four games in, and there's how many teams you there's more teams that have a chance of making the playoff this year than we've had in the last like five years combined. It's awesome. So I think you're gonna see some wild stuff, and I think Cincinnati gets it done. And after that, can they just hang on? They got a tough one against SMU late. Um, they still have to play Central Florida. It's not going to be easy, but this is a big one for them. If they win this game, they may even be able, because of the weird year, they may even be able to, to have a loss somewhere. No. Zero chance. Zero chance Cincinnati makes the playoffs if, it, if they lose a game. Not happening. I don't know. I don't know. You've got to put a lot of trust in a, it has a been Pac-12 proven. that's been horrible. You've got to have a lot of trust in a Big Ten that's been bad. I mean, you got four SEC teams. The ACC is terrible. I will bet terrible. you whatever you want to bet that a one-loss Cincinnati is not getting the college football playoff ever. Well, I I tend to agree with that, but 
like I said, it's a weird year. And I don't trust that anyone, Alabama included, is going undefeated. Which brings us to our next game. Number 12, Ole Miss, with two weeks to prepare. Going to number one, Alabama. What, first uh, 50? Maybe? Uh, 60? Yeah, yeah. 50? Keep going. I I am not sure there's a better quarterback in the country than Matt Corral right now. Arm strength, accuracy, touch on the deep ball, willingness to take risks with the football. Swag. I mean, super athletic. Add to the running game. I think he's got like five rushing touchdowns. And Dontario Drummond and Jonathan Mingo, a dynamic wide receiver duo. I mean, he's he's got dudes he's throwing to. And and I know Bama's defense isn't elite right now. And, and there's no doubt they're going to struggle with the tempo that Ole Miss plays with. I mean, it is just at times they put it in hyperdrive, man. But I do think Bryce Young and that Bama passing game with Jamison Williams and John Mechie and all those freaks they got at the skill positions – they're going to put up points. I mean, there's just no doubt in my mind. For whatever reason, it would be awesome for Lane Kiffin to be the first assistant to beat Nick Saban. I just can't imagine it happening, man. I've, I've tried. I've tried to get on the Ole Miss side of this game, and I just can't see Bama losing at home to get Lane Kiffin. I can't, I, I can't close my eyes and see it, so... There also, there also is with with all the positive stuff around Matt Corral right now. There also is that possibility he reverts back to what he did last year. Couple like four and five interception games, that could happen Saturday in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. So I am, I'm going with the tide. I, I think betting against Alabama at home is just. It's just silly. I, I, I'm i not going to believe that Ole Miss is going to Tuscaloosa and winning until I see it with my eyes. They're going to do it. They're going to win. Ooh. You're going to see it with your eyes. But yeah, they're going to they're gonna pull it off. Uh, Matt Corral. I think Matt Corral is the best player in college football this year. I do. He, do you enjoy watching anyone more than him? No. I'll I'll say this. Now he's the most Bryce exciting. Pretty good. What'd you say? I said Bryce Young's pretty fun to watch. Bryce Young's pretty fun to watch. Also, I've caught up on all the Texas games this week. Bijan Robinson's really good. Yeah. He's very fun to watch. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Well, but quarterback wise, I think I, I'm with you. Corral is, he is, and, and with kind of his attitude and like you said, the swag, he's, he's got a little Baker in him, right? when it comes to his demeanor on the field, his attitude, like he's, he is the most entertaining player in college football right now. It takes an extreme amount of confidence to go in in Tuscaloosa. Joe Burrow had it. Johnny Menzel had it. Matt Corral kind of fits that, that kind of group. Uh, Their offense is amazing. It's fun to watch defensively. They've been better. Um, Like Lane Kiffin, going in there to 
Lane Kiffin will have as much to do with that victory as I will if OU goes and beats Kansas State. He's like he's like a figurehead head coach. He's not even uh, – he doesn't call the plays. He acts like he calls the plays. Uh, he's, he's an absentee head coach is what Lane Kiffin is. And that's like the only reason I don't want to see it done because I know that he's going to get all the credit for it. And it doesn't really have anything to do with him. Okay, but, let's just say it. Let's say it. you and I have heard very similar things. Jeff Levy runs that thing, man. He does. Former that is Sooner. Jeff Levy's football team. Yep. Ran it in the offseason, from what I was told. Yeah, yeah, because Lane Kiffin didn't show up and wouldn't answer the athletic director's calls and is like all over the place, stupid stuff. Stupid. Levy's a man. He is. And I'm telling you, they're going to go in there, they're going to score a ton of points. They've got the swagger to do it. Yeah, I mean, it can come off the rails really quickly, but I think they got a really, really good chance to go pull it off. And you know what, Gabe? It's not a very good like, argument. There's no backing, but I continue to throw it out in like the last three matchups, so I'll say it again. It's a weird year, man. That's your, that's your year. motto. <laughs> it's that's a your motto. Year. <laughs> I like it. I like, I mean, you're right. It is a weird year. Let's take a look at what, uh, what the odds makers think. Ooh, Bama minus 14 and a half. Okay. It's okay. gone up. I, th I thought it was like, wasn't it 12 at one point, 12 and a half, I think is, is what they were favored. And it's one, extending just a little bit there. One more thing to motivate Matt Corral. Just think of it that way. Yeah. One note, Ted, that may make you uncomfortable. Ole uh -oh. Miss freshman true freshman kicker Ooh, it comes down to that just one thing to note yeah and on yeah, that note, that is pretty brutal are you unhappy with the surface around your pool are you not pleased with your patio soft rock specializes in installing safe rubber surfacing for pools patios gym floors and other outdoor spaces soft rocks rubber safety surfacing provides a long lasting surface that is impact and slip resistant fully customizable and virtually indestructible Local business owners Heidi and Cody Clark are avid OU fans that are driven to help you with all of your pool and patio surfacing needs. Visit softrock.com slash OKC. That's S-O-F-T-R-O-C.com slash OKC for more information. The Clarks also own the Driveway Company. The Driveway Company has tailored solutions to eliminate all of your driveway problems. They can repair cracks, clean and seal your rotting grass-filled joints to prevent water damage, ultimately saving you thousands of dollars in future repairs. Visit thedriveway.com slash OKC for all your driveway repair needs. Learn more about SoftRock and the Driveway Company by visiting their Facebook and Instagram pages or by calling 405-294-9834. And OU Texas Weekend is just around the corner. And if you're looking for events, hotels, or transportation, the OU Club of Dallas has you covered. Visit OUClubofDallas.com for all the details. The home for Sooner fans is the Renaissance Addison with rooms priced at only $187 a night. It's also the site for the Beat Texas Pep Rally on Friday night with exclusive appearances by the Pride of Oklahoma Marching Band, OU Cheer Squads, Boomer and Sooner, and more. On Saturday, you can ride in style with police-escorted buses to the game. That's worth it, people. Uh, believe me, that's totally worth it. The OU Club of Dallas has been the go-to source for Beat Texas Weekend since the 1950s, and proceeds from the weekend fund OU scholarships. Check out OUClubofDallas.com before these events sell out. Ted, let's wet the beak real quick. I know 
all you're concerned about in the NFL this weekend is Tom Brady going back to Foxborough. I get it. I know Bucks first Patriots, but really, I don't think that's going to be a very good game. I think the Bucks are going to roll. I, I, I think everything is set up for Tom to break the hearts of all New England Patriots fans. There's some other good games. Carolina at Dallas, I think, is, is going to be a fun one. Cleveland at Minnesota. I think that's going to be a little closer than some people may think. But by far the most interesting game for me, the Arizona Cardinals going to SoFi Stadium to take on the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams are a four-and-a-half-point favorite currently. Both teams undefeated, 3-0. and And I know it's a little too early to start talking about the MVP race, but I certainly think Kyler Murray and Matt Stafford would be at the top of the list right now if we were to have that conversation. Everyone talks about Arizona's offense. Kyler and all those weapons, right? Hopkins, Kurt, A.J. Green, Rondell Moore has resurrected, right? He was hurt for two years in a row at Purdue, and now he's awesome again. It's it's pretty fun to watch. But Arizona's defense, a little underrated. Uh, They've done a really good job of forcing turnovers, defending the pass well. You know, they they are not great against the run, but it's not like the Rams are going to run it right at them. I mean, this is a team that wants to air it out with Stafford. And uh, I hope everyone out there has Cooper Cup on their fantasy football teams because that man is racking up fantasy points. Scott defense is star power in this one. I know J.J. Watt's not what he was, but he's still J.J. Watt. Chandler yep. Jones, Buda Baker, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. Like, dude, this game is going to be awesome. It's the who's who of the NFL right now. It's sweet. There's, like, there's I no saw it. I was it. like, oh, hell yeah, let's go. Yeah. Here's the thing, man. I like the Cardinals. I, I think they're fun to watch. I think Kyler is, I've said it a bunch recently that, He's on the verge of being the best quarterback in the NFL. I think I really think that that's going to happen in the next year or so. Uh, so fun. So dangerous uh, whenever he takes off. Smart. Can make all of the throws. And you're right. Arizona's defense is better than they've been. But L.A., just too much star power. Too good offensively. And whenever, like the one thing that, I would say Arizona does have a problem with is protecting the quarterback and LA is going to be able to get after Kyler Murray. Now, does that mean that they're going to have a bunch of sacks? No, but it does mean that they can force like the one thing Kyler has done this year is turn the football over. I think he's got four interceptions already. I, he has had some, some turnovers. Some people say that he, he has a couple of YOLO throws. A game. I can't remember who said that on Twitter. I wish I could remember, but I was like, that's yeah, that's, good. that's a great way of describing it. Yeah. It, I, I, I feel like it, you got two good offenses. I trust LA's defense to give Kyler more trouble than I trust Arizona's defense to give Stafford trouble. I'm with you. I, it feels like one of those games where maybe Kyler makes a mistake or two, Jalen Ramsey picks him off, something like that. 
it, it Who feels was like it the game? Rams played a couple years ago. I think it was Monday night where, or maybe it was a Thursday night game where it was like 45 Rams Chiefs. Is that what it was? Remember? And everyone yeah. was like, Oh my God, this is the best game ever. Right. And people are, I remember because people were like, this is big 12 football. Second. You guys yeah, have been giving us that. shit for this for years. <laughs> right. It was it, awesome. It could be something like that though. It could. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I, I think this is a game where after it, we're all going, okay, Rams are the best team in the league. I agree. I think this is kind of a, one of those statement games for them. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Kyler rolls. If last week wasn't, I mean, that's a couple of statement games in a row, isn't it? I will say this. Matt Stafford's an awesome dude. Great teammate. He's awesome. Fantastic. He is throwing the football this year, man. All right, let's get to our winners and losers of the week. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the week? I don't think there's any other place you can go than Tom Brady returning to Foxborough with the Super Bowl trophy already. It's just because whenever he left, it's like, okay, well, Who's more responsible, Belichick or Brady? Which I think is is a bad way to really uh, like to to have that debate. But it kind of sucks for everyone in New England that he already won a Super Bowl. Not only did he he already win a Super Bowl, he looks like he's having more fun playing now than he ever did in any of his years playing in New England. So somehow, yeah. At the age of 40-whatever, he's also the best-looking he's ever been, which yeah, is it's wild. It's perplexing. It's, it's crazy. And, you know, Belichick said if anyone could play till they're 50, it would be Tom. And I'm at the point right now where it's like a couple of years ago that it's like, that's absurd. You can't play to your, to your, until you're 50. But it's like, I don't know, dude. He's 44, and he actually looks like he's about 35 at the oldest uh, it's just to be able to do that and go in there has to feel good. It's, it's like you're going back to your high school reunion and you're just in a good spot. You're looking good. You're successful. You can't wait to go back in there and show everyone how good you're doing. That's what it's. That's Tom Brady, man. And he's got a good football team with him. Did you see that? Did you see what Tom Brady said about what his dad said? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so his dad, Tom Brady Sr., basically said that his dad or his dad said that Belichick wanted to move on from him and that uh, I believe he felt vindicated or whatever by his last <laughs> by his last championship and on on his show Tom Brady said comments made by Thomas Edward Brady a 77 year old insurance company CEO who should know better at this point in his life doesn't necessarily reflect the views or positions held by his son Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr so forth so furthermore should Tom senior continue to speak on behalf of his son without the express written consent 
Tom Jr. reserves the right to eventually put him in a home against his will. <laughs> so uh, good. It's hilarious. Uh, but, you know, it's it's stuff like that, man. He's having more fun right now playing football than he really ever has. Yeah. And I think I think his eyes were opened. Like, the process in New England was the process, and everyone respected it, and they won a lot. And I think his eyes are open like, man, you you can do it differently. You can have fun. You can go out there. You can cut it loose and still win at a high level. It's good yeah. to watch. That's going to be an emotional scene in Foxborough. There's going to be Patriots fans crying in their beers. It's going to be awesome. Okay, who do you have as your loser of the week? My loser is Brian Laundry. You know who that is? He is uh, the person of interest in the Gabby Petito case. And Dr. Bounty Hunter's coming. Uh-oh. Dr. <laughs> Bounty Hunter, Hunter is coming. And he's going to find his ass. And he's going to find it within probably the next 24 to 48 hours. I'm telling you, Gabe, it's happening. You think he's going to find him that quick? Yeah. I guess some people are already saying that, uh, like I was just talking with my wife and she was reading somewhere that he said that he's hours away from him. Like he's, he's honing in on him. So the last thing, and I don't know if this is, is wrong or right, but like half the stuff I read about dog, the bounty hunter, I'm like, that's fake. I, I like how am I supposed to know if it's real or not? But the last thing I saw, it was like he had tracked him down to some mysterious tropical island or something like that. I don't know about that. All I know is uh, I can't wait for the the scene whenever he's driving him to jail and he's giving him, you got to get your life together, man. And You know, the, the whole speech that he gives as he's driving him back and the guy's asking for a cigarette. Um I don't know. This whole case has been crazy, but uh, whenever I first saw that Dog the Bounty Hunter was getting involved, I was like, oh, seriously, we're going to do that. But then like, the more like the news has rolled in, it sounds like he's actually got a bunch of credible leads and he's getting close to him. I don't know, I, man. I would like to – I think it's important we go on the record that we are – we love and support the FBI. Love you guys. Sometimes you need dog on the case though, man. That's right, man. You got to have someone that can cut through the red tape, right? And go right to the people. Hey, you say one thing about dog. He knows how to talk to people, man. They give him tips. People Please. talk to him. Someone's filming all of this, right? They got to be. I mean, be. it's dog the bounty hunter. Yeah. Have to That's going to be a sweet documentary. I wonder if he's filming it himself on like a flip phone or something, you know, <laughs> that would be, as they say, that would be on brand. <laughs> so I don't know, man. It. I hope he gets him. I hope he drags his ass in. Um, and I think he's going to, I, now I'm looking at something that says a private canine unit is headed out to a small island off Florida where Dog the Bounty Hunter got a tip about potential traces of Brian Laundry. I'm telling Whoa. you, dude. I'm telling you. He's going to find him. Come on, dog. 
man, that guy, I'd forgotten about that guy. I know, honestly, if you would have said, hey, is Dr. Benny Hunter still alive? I would have said, maybe. Doubtful. Doubtful. (laughs) All right. If you are a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you are doing, head to your favorite liquor store, and buy some Balcones products. You got to grab some of Balcones Lineage Single Malt Whiskey. It was just voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to sag some of Balcones Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made from blue corn. That's the fancy corn, and that is why it has won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balcones Pot Still Bourbon. It's big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round, or it's, it's good to drink if Oklahoma's offensive line doesn't play very well and you get home and you're a little sad and maybe you need something before you go to bed. In 2012, Balcones won the best in glass competition, beating brands like Johnny Walker and McAllen and became the first American distillery to win the competition. This stuff is the real deal, people. If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price, then Balcones products are the only way to go. The whiskey may be made in Texas, but the owners are from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit BalconesDistilling.com and make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence. With a 12 to 1 student-to-teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis' college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. All right, Ted, for my winner of the week, thought about going with Oklahoma City. Number one lowest unemployment rate in the United States, according to the latest rankings from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. No big deal. We're number one. We're number one. Bustling, Gabe. It's bustling. You got to love it. God, bustling. What a a great word. I was thinking like, you know, booming, but bustling. It's a good one. I like it. I think both work. Booming is good. Booming is good too. But bustling, for whatever reason, sounds busier, right? You sound fancier saying that than like, oh, it's booming. Like, ooh, man, it's bustling. You're like, okay, that guy's educated. He just Mm -hmm. dropped bustling on me. But I went with another city as my winner of the week Arlington Heights, Illinois, suburb of Chicago. Because the Chicago Bears ownership announced they've purchased Arlington Park, a piece of property in the Chicago suburbs, for a measly $197 million. The Bears have a lease at Soldier Field that runs through 2033, but this purchase from the Bears ownership makes it seem like the Chicago Bears are looking to build a bright, shiny, new stadium in the burbs i i'm not really sure how chicago bears fans feel about this i've always thought it was really cool that soldier field was down there kind of amongst the city uh, i always thought it was really cool when i played there been to a, been to a couple games there but it is the smallest stadium in the entire league and when you think about what chicago's the second biggest third biggest city in the country for them to have the smallest NFL stadium, that don't make a lot of sense. Nope. It certainly prevents them from hosting big events and 
although Soldier Field is in a an iconic NFL setting, Ted, I'm not I'm not so sure how much longer the Chicago Bears are going to be playing there. It, it sounds like things are moving in the direction of building something in Arlington Heights. The Arlington Heights Bears, for whatever reason, does not have the same ring to it as it the Chicago really Bears. Really does not. Yeah, it, this is a this is a money talks situation. And listen, frankly, if if you're the city of Chicago, like I don't know how exactly it works out. There's there there would have to be some type of deal made with I, the city of Chicago. Yeah, I read that if they break the lease in the next five years, the Bears have to pay the city. $84 million. Well, honestly, it's a, it's something that the city of Chicago should get on board with because there's, there's way too much money to be made by building a new facility, developing the areas around it like everyone else is doing. Ultimately, in the long term, it will be a, uh, a revenue generator for the city if they build it bigger and better and make it a destination instead of where it's at now. It's cool, it's historic, but there's nothing around it. You don't generate any extra income. It's it, it would be a revenue generator for the city to to not fight it, to get on board with it. That stadium is cold as shit. It is. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. Like Playing there, it is freezing. I went there and watched a Monday night football game against the Cowboys. What year would this have been? Like 13 or 14 maybe? And it was seriously like like 10 degrees that day. McCown was uh was starting that day. It was it was it was wild. It was super, super cold. But it was fun. It was the day you remember the day when everywhere in the NFL had like eight inches of snow, just snow games as far as the eyes can everywhere, see. Everywhere, everywhere, snow games everywhere. Um, it was that. It was that day. It was Monday. It was the next Monday. It was nice. freezing. That sounds awful. Yeah, I I would assume whatever they're going to build in Arlington Heights is going to have a roof. Yeah. Yep. All right, for my I mean, because that's, that's you're right. Uh, they'll never host a Super Bowl if they don't build a new venue. That's yeah. worth it alone. I mean, they had the Super Bowl in Minneapolis in February. Chicago would be awesome for a Super Bowl. So awesome. Loser of the week. Thought about going. I feel like this story it happened so many times that it's just you just changed the name. Brewers pitcher Devin Williams. Fractured his pitching hand after punching a wall. He's out the rest of the year. I mean, classic. This is classic. They just locked up the NL Central. Like, he's an important cog of that baseball team. They were celebrating, like, this is going to be it. This is going to be our run. Unbelievable. I mean, if you're, don't you have to, like, find the hell out of that guy if you can? I just, I think the embarrassment is probably enough. 
right? I mean, I guess, man, I'd be pissed, man. If you're an owner, you pour a ton of money into your 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 franchise for these moments, and a guy, ah, oh, it's frustrating, man. I'd be pissed if I was a teammate. He's probably not very happy at himself. Let's be real, too. Also, okay, probably. I mean, you're right. But my loser of the week, Gary Patterson, and I like Gary. I like Gary. I've talked to him a lot over the years, and he went off on SMU trying to plant a flag in the middle of TCU's field after SMU beat TCU in Fort Worth last weekend. And TCU's AD said he was going to walk some of the statements back, and he did not. I mean, he did not. He doubled down, if anything. He said the flag planting was planned because SMU had a camera on the kids trying to do it. I'm not sure. Does Gary Patterson know that, like, Content is king in college football, and there's cameras everywhere. There's just people running around filming everything that the guys do. Yeah, that's that's how OU's sideline is. Cameras, sure, everywhere. Yep. But uh, unfortunately, Jerry Kill, who is not a young guy, but he got knocked down. But the video of him getting knocked down, it's TCU guys that knock him down. Now, I guess Patterson he has insinuated that Kill got knocked down again, and that it was probably someone from SMU. He said he's got evidence, but then we haven't seen any evidence. So it's just, it, it has gotten very weird. And all I'm saying is if you don't want someone planting the flag on your field, win the damn game, Gary. Win the right. game. If an SMU's athletic director basically came out and said, listen, everything that Gary Patterson has said isn't true. There's no proof of any of these things he is saying. And I do want to give credit, speaking of content, I do want to give credit to SMU's Twitter who used Gary Patterson's song in their celebration tweet. And they kind of like superimposed Dyke's face on it. And it was, it was pretty great. It was. And that made Gary Patterson bad too. <laughs> you got to understand that though. Whenever you, when you put out a song like that, and you're a, a well-known football coach, you got to understand that it's going to be used against you at, at any at any time that it can be. And I get it, man. I hate that that um, Jerry Kill got knocked down. But let me just say this. Especially if you are a really old guy, you're not going to stop them from doing what they're doing. Nothing good happens whenever you try and get in the way of a fight like that with guys with shoulder pads and helmets on. Get the hell out of the way. They're going to be fine. It's a fight. Who cares? There's no reason going there and get yourself killed out of trying to separate some guys. But you're exactly right. Just go win the football game. You if, don't have to worry about a flag. If you don't want them to plant a flag on your field, win the football game. If you don't want them to mock a song that you wrote, and I know it was about COVID, like I understand that, win the football game. I mean, it's it's that simple. And I I feel like this has less to do with the flag planting incident and more to do with his defense being 126th of 130 teams in opponents' yards per play. I thought they were going to be better this year. Shows what I know. They are Woo. getting gashed. And a little reminder, Ted. B. John Robinson and the Longhorns Ooh. coming 
to Fort Worth this weekend. Up a 70 burger on tech. Look out, Gary. Better focus on the Longhorns, Gary. And on that note, episode 151 in the books. 151 wrong. Pineapple juice. Every time I see 151, that stupid song comes in my head. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Monday morning. We'll recap OUK State. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 2 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref, and you can hear me from 3 to 5 on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have a great weekend. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. And do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one more